This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I love bringing you difference makers that are going to Make a difference in your life by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. All right, uh, we are talking to Dr. Bruce Hartman. He is the author of Your Faith Has Made You Well. I want to welcome Bruce to the show first, and then I'll give you a little background. How are you doing today, Bruce? I'm doing terrific, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic uh, because I'm excited about sharing this new book with our audience, and I'm really excited just to have you on the show. I want to give a little background, and you just – you um, correct me if I say any of this wrong, but my understanding as part of your bio is that you rose up as an entry-level accountant and uh, went on to the highest ranks as CFO in some Fortune 500 companies. Is that correct? That can't be right. Is that true? That is correct. That is, yes, <laughs> <a> very <laughs> a slow start, but a strong finish. <laughs> well, I love that, and uh, I've got it listed here as uh, CFO. Footlocker and Yankee Candle. Is that also accurate? Yes, it is. It is Man, true. that's pretty amazing to me. Now, what is probably even more amazing, that's that's one success story. But uh, what happened? What changed that, you know, you're now writing books and you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people? Something must have happened. And the book we're talking about today is Your Faith Has Made You Well. It's Dr. Bruce L. Hartman. So give me some background. What's the story, Bruce? So about it's it's actually more than ten years now. That so that's amazing when I think about it. Yeah, uh, but it, it, it was it was a day in May May two thousand and nine. Yeah, um, I had been feeling unsettled about my direction in life for a few years, um, but I had finally gotten to the point where I, I felt like I couldn't pray anymore. I felt like hmm. the Jesus of my youth was gone. Yeah, and it really troubled me. And so I was out walking around town, you know, at one in the morning. By the way, so right? <laughs> even that's unusual. And I remember Steve getting to a point where I really just wasn't in an abyss. Wow! And I tried to pray, and I couldn't. Yeah. And that's when it, when it really hit me that I, I had to I had to turn my I had to turn my life around. Yeah. And it was it wasn't necessarily that. Uh, you know, I was hooked on drugs or alcohol or anything like that. I just hadn't, it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. Yeah. So I, I remember Steve walking on this sidewalk, and in front of me was light. Yeah. And I just remember the contrast with what was behind me was darkness. Mm. So that from that day, um, by the way, I did, apparently I did know how to still pray because <laughs> one of the things I was looking for, I got answered later that morning. So from there, I wait, what, wait, work. What what, uh, what was the answer to that? What do you mean? Or is that, am I missing something? The answer to your prayer there was when you said you could actually pray. Yeah, I, I prayed for like spiritual guidance. I prayed that okay. somebody would, would reach out and help me. And later that morning, um, a minister that I knew from the past called me up and said he'd been worried about me. Wow. And... Wow. And so we prayed together, and then over the next three days, we did a lot of um, reorienting my mind. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's not like it was instantaneous. It, t- it takes a couple days. Okay. 
And then I tried to do both work and and change my life, but that just wasn't working. So that's why I went to um, seminary. Okay. And, and got my master's degree in divinity because my my feeling was I was now supposed to work for God, but if I wasn't trained, I could make a mess of things. So that's, that's why I true. Went my master's degree. Wow. And and while I was doing that, everybody kept always asking me, Steve. Yeah. What's your call, right? Yeah. And I just I didn't I still didn't feel it. So the school asked me to stay on and get my doctorate degree. They asked you to. And, I went to seminary, yeah. Bruce, just to let you know they don't ask everybody to stay on. Some people, they say, please move on. Please move on. <laughs> Not you. I love it. You're you're an achiever. If you go from an entry-level accountant to CFO and you go to seminary for your degree and they say, stick around, don't go anywhere, that's amazing to me. Yeah, and I kept getting this, I kept getting this thought, it, you know, so because most people get their uh, degree, a master's degree, they end up going to a church, and it, it just never felt right to me. Yeah. So, and it didn't feel, some, nothing felt right until I was doing my thesis, and my thesis was on um, how to use media and social social media and media such as radio and television to help people become closer to God and to walk closer with God. So I started testing out all these mathematical theories um, really? and discovered that that's right now probably where I needed to be. So fast forward from today, the thesis got approved. I just successfully defended it, got my doctorate degree two years ago. Congratulations. Now my ministry, we reach every week, Steve, we reach 100,000 people. What? Yes, and we we give them messages, um, you know, whether it's through um, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, Wow. LinkedIn, my books, YouTube's podcasts. So wow. that's what we do every week. I, yeah, I know. I say that every day. How did that happen? <laughs> um, well, we know how it happened. But um, so that's, it's been exciting every you know, day. And it's, so one of the things that happens out of this TST, which is really kind of like I finally got the message of what God was talking about. A lot of people don't go to church. Right. But a lot of people want God. A lot of people have problems. Yeah. And I see a testimony that comes back through the media, back to me, either from email or somebody writes to me on social media. Um, I'll get things like, I was, I've was i been mad at God for 13 years because my daughter died. Sure. You know, yeah. how do I handle that? So, you know, it gives me the opportunity to help people work through their relationship with God, and that's really what my ministry is about. Well, Bruce, tell me in that case, um, I mean, what did you say? How did you handle that through social media with this? Uh, uh, that wasn't just a hypo- hypothetical woman who was hurting, right? Right. So how, so, how right. did you, through social media, or how did you make that connection? Well, fortunately, in social media, you can come up and go offline. Right? Yeah, so right. Direct messaging. And, you know, the thing you have to do when you lose a child or a spouse or something really dramatic like that, intraumatic, it, what's really separating them from God is grief, Yeah, not processing the grief. Okay. So you try to help people through the grief process and help them make the decision. They're, they're at a crossroad in life. Are they going to be mad at God for the rest of their life? Right. Or are they going to bear into God and realize God does not create evil? 
Yeah. And God is there to help us. But to, to get there, they have to go through grief. If, if you don't, it's going to be a disconnected relationship with God. Okay. And you know the five steps of grief, and you know they can't be done in order, and there's no time frame. But um, it starts getting you back towards God by working through your personal grief, right. reaching out to God. Right, man, that is pretty amazing. So you were able to help this woman through your ministry. That's incredible. Right. So that, and that's frankly, um, you know, we, we enjoy, we certainly enjoy the feedback we get. Um, uh-huh. But if we're helping people move closer to God, that's what we, that's what really makes me happy and the other two people that work with me. That's really what makes us happy. Right. And we feel like we're doing the work of God. Oh man, that's, that's great. Well, you said that, uh, I mean, we know how this happened, that you're now reaching a hundred thousand people weekly through all the social media platforms that you use, um, and through your books and through the podcast, uh, but how I mean, how did how else did God do that through the intelligence of and the gifts that He's given you and the team that's around you? How did that happen? That's a pretty amazing fast story. It's so one. I don't believe anything is circumstantial; everything's providential. Yeah. Um, and my thesis required you know, when you get it, when you write your thesis, it's got to be got to be pretty strong. There is no, you know, this isn't like an ordinary test or paper you have to write. And so the fact that I had to wait to get to that point to find my call, I think that that was providential. Yeah. But the the things that, so the, the three things that I've learned is, number one, you don't do anything for God unless you do it the best you possibly can. Mm, okay. And so that's the so it's the first thing. So you know sometimes we can mail stuff in. You know, and I used to right. be able to do this at work. And, but but when you're when you're writing something, mm-hmm. it has to be the very best you can because you're working for the Lord. Right. So that was that was the second thing. So and we constantly the three of us that work on this, we constantly are challenging each other. Is this the right thing? Yeah. The second thing is we all have that little voice called the Holy Spirit in us. Right. right? Yes. Praise God for that. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise, I know for myself, I would have driven off a cliff a long time ago. <laughs> right. Right. But it, it's challenging yourself as a person to consistently search that voice on every issue you have. And so you go from it being very murky and not really understanding what you said. You make a mistake and you realize, well, I was told not to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not that it's sinful, it's just not great listening to the Holy Spirit. Right. So over time, what I've been able to do is get deeper and deeper in my mind, particularly through prayer and as I'm walking around during the day, to hear direction and then to be able to execute it. Because so, we all have those things and those points in life. We can do A or we can do B. Right. But we can't create our plans. We should have the Holy Spirit show us our plans. Right. And that's what... So that's the second thing that we were able to do. And the third thing is, when we make a mistake, we have to remember when you're working for the Lord, mistakes are in the past, mm. and your future is hopeful. Mm. So don't get down. Yeah, that's good. Don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Just tomorrow, do it better than you did it today. Can you um, Can you give us an example from your own life, just where... Man, I made this mistake, and I mean, you were able to apply that in your own life. 
I know I'm yeah, putting I mean, you on the it, spot. <laughs> you know, we struggled. We really struggled with Instagram okay. um, when we first started doing this messaging. Yeah. And, you know, we kept just doing the same things and the same things. And we finally get to the point where, one, you're trying too hard. Okay. So whatever, whenever you do an Instagram post, it has to be professional. It has to be perfect. Okay. And we went from having four you know, four, three to 400 people see one of our Instagram posts, right? Yeah. Today, we have 7,000 people that will see an individual Instagram post. Yeah, that's amazing. And we'll get as many as 1,000 people to engage with that post. Yeah. But that, that, that came from keep listening, keep listening, mm. and keep listening to the Holy Spirit. Tell us it's about quality, it's not about quantity. And mm. I think that's, that's a critical message always of um, when you work for God or yeah. when you're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not like quantity. The Holy Spirit likes quality. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Okay. All right. Man, well, that's some really great practical things for us already, and uh, it's a phenomenal story. I do want to talk, and maybe some of that's in your book. Like I said uh, off-air, I got to sort of glance through it and see some of the stories. It's filled with a lot of encouraging stories, both from the Bible and from uh, you know contemporary life and history, uh, and I really enjoyed it. So can you tell me about, uh, just tell us about this book, Your Faith Has Made You Well? Yeah, there's actually there's actually three steps to the to the book. It kind of evolved as, as I love it. it. I love it. Yeah, First, what were the three steps? How did how did God pull this one off? Well, I'm I'm reading in the Bible one day, Steve. Yeah, and I see the story of the hemographic the hemographic woman who for 12 years had been bleeding and wait had spent all her money and right. had just been trying desperately to get cured. Now, she hears that Jesus is coming to town. So naturally, when, if Jesus is coming to town, you can imagine what it would be like in San Antonio if Jesus was coming to town. Right. You would not be able to get near him. Right. Now, also, think about San Antonio, where women were not allowed to be with men. I mean, they were considered second-class citizens. So it struck me that, wait a minute, with San Antonio, and I'm using it because it's where you're located, right. with San Antonio... This woman who's not supposed to be in public and is considered unclean because she's bleeding, she gets to stand next to Jesus. There's a tremendous amount of courage and, and effort on her part to get that close to Jesus. Oh, for sure. And she touches, she touches his cloak and instantly is made well. And he looks at her and said, your faith has made you well. Yeah. So I thought about that and thought about that. And I said, well, so this, what this means is Jesus isn't a genie. What this means is that Jesus wants us to work with him on our own personal healing. Okay, okay. yeah. So that, that's the concept. So now the second thing was, I know that we all, we all have a different relationship with Jesus, so I can't tell somebody, this is my relationship with Jesus, thus this is what you should do. Yeah. So I went out and just started interviewing all these faithful people that I know, and a lot of their stories are in the book. And I did find that, that every person's faith was like a snowflake. Each one mm. is different. Mm. None of the same. Yeah. So then I said, okay, but the, this would be too much to say, okay, there's a million different ways to have faith and have a relationship with Jesus. So this is the third part, and the third evolution was is I needed to put it in categories. Yeah. So that's why you have 
the, all the chapters in the book. So you could actually just read one chapter and you would get that faith story or that, that entry into a relationship with Jesus. Right. So it's both a, a it's both a book which doesn't have a plot, Steve. You know, <laughs> other than we all sinned and Jesus saves us, right? And uh, have we learned the lesson? I mean, that's the plot, I guess. Um, but it's it's more an information book, and I hear from a lot of people they just pick it up in the middle of the book and start reading. Wow, huh? So it's both a reference book where if you want to, these are, now these are real people. This isn't about Billy Graham. This isn't about um, any of the great religious leaders. This is about people like the two-star general that I happen to know pretty well. Yeah. It's it's about a woman who was a secretary in a business who got the rest of us to pray for her husband who was dying. He was on a ventilator. Mm. And the doctors were very concerned. And, you know, and how did that happen? And what did the prayers look like? So that's in the book. So it's all the different ways that you can heal yourself. And it's not just if you get a broken arm, and that's not the point of the book. It's also about your character, and it's about um, what, what are you addicted to, how do you get off of that, right? and how do you develop faith. That's what healing is. And so that's how the book kind of morphed. And then obviously we ha- I had some wonderful editors. <laughs> let me tell you, Steve, you can't, you can't write a book right. and have it come out really good without at least three or four editors. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's an exciting part of the process, too. <laughs> How did you work with three or four editors? Now I'm just curious, since I've written some books and always looking for good editors, too. So three or four, though, that's a new one to me. Maybe that would help me with my next book, I think. So one is, one is and maybe it's the way that I do it, uh, one is you develop the story, yeah. right? So the first editor, you say, okay, here's the outline. This is the point I'm trying to get across. And they read through the manuscript and say, you're off point here, you're off point there, you need to adjust this. Chapter 6 doesn't make any sense. And an important one was, yeah. you're writing about faith and how people can get healed, but they don't always get healed. And what do you have to, what do you have to say about that? That's why Chapter 11 is in the book. Okay. And that came from my developmental editor. And then you have to go to a person... Mm. that has faith, but they're not on either extreme. Okay. They're not a literalist that will, you know, browbeat you with the Bible, but you also don't want <laughs> them too loosey-goosey. Yeah. So um, so I have them go through, and they go through to make sure there's nothing sacrilegious. Um, like, for instance, a good example is in a couple of times in the manuscript, I, it's called the Holy Spirit It's, which you just shouldn't do. But it's, it's good flow for English, yeah. but it's not appropriate, sacrilegious. So, you know, you have to go back and change, make sure that people know that it's Holy Spirit, it's not it. You know how sometimes gotcha. sure something, right? So yeah. that's, the, that's the second editor. And then the third editor is the, that's the one we all dread, <laughs> who goes back and fixes every sentence so that it flows perfectly. That's pretty awesome, um, though, man, if you got that editor. Oh yeah, well that's uh, to me that's half the battle right there. Right, um, and then you got to have then the publisher goes through because obviously the publisher has to protect their brand and they want to make sure you're not saying anything right that's too outrageous and or <laughs> will affect their reputation. But also they they know what people like to read, so they'll make suggestions. And 
you know, fortunately with my publisher, we didn't get a lot of recommendations, but I think some of it's because we we spent so much time with the other three editors. Right. Um, so the, the and, and by the way, Steve, I was yeah. on time, which apparently <laughs> went, apparently writers are notoriously late, but. Yeah, how did you do that? I mean, how did you do that? That's amazing. It's called five o'clock in the morning. There you go. There, there <laughs> I, you go. So if I was supposed to be at point X and I was uh, behind, I just get up at five in the morning and pray and uh, get direction. But as you know, when you work with the Lord, if you ask, you will receive. Right, right, man. So how much sleep were you getting those nights, or how little sleep were you getting, Bruce? Um, I don't really get a lot of sleep at oh. night. Six, six hours is a lot to me. Okay. Um, it's been that way since I was a teenager, so it's kind of just my bio rhythm. But it's always been that way. I've always gotten up at 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah, wow. That's pretty remarkable. Okay. Well, we only have uh, two, two, three minutes left. What else do you want to tell us about this book or your social media, how people can get a hold of you and make sure they're getting your Instagrams and getting your podcast? I think the simplest way is just to go to the website. It's www.brucellhartman.com. Uh-huh. And all of if you want to buy a book, um, we sell them ourselves, or you can buy any of our books off of uh, Amazon, right? as you did. Right. Um, but the website gives you like how to find us on Twitter, Instagram, and things like that. I gotcha. Okay. All right. And uh, tell us what else you just want to tell us about this book. I mean, you had so many great stories, so I don't even know if you can uh, capsulate in another minute and a half uh, one of your favorite stories or anything for us. Well, they, they, it's it's. I wouldn't call it my favorite yeah. story, but it's, I think it's one of the more important stories in the book. This this gentleman, he his. And it's in the book. His name's Clark. Um, he hits a tree with his car 50 miles an hour, and it hits the Dang. front of the car. And he's positive he's going to, he's positive he's seriously hurt, but he's not. He walks out, gets out of the car, and he looks at his car, and he'd been drinking. And his wife, he had promised his wife he wouldn't drink anymore, and uh, that he was going to go on the wagon, and he just didn't do it. Right. So now he's caught. There's no way you'd get out of this. And it, but it was at that point that it wasn't about drinking that he wanted to solve. It was about having Jesus in his life, mm. and that that was the solution to his problem. And he was he had to stop trying to do things from a secular viewpoint yeah. and really open up to Jesus. Because here he was. He Clark has no idea, and I actually did see the accident. Wow! Well, I did see. I did see the right, accident. Right. Right. No, I, I know the, what you meant. Yeah. Plates were hit, and I, somebody else described to me the car. And this is all the stuff you have to do as a journalist. And I, I can't believe he, he lived either. Yeah. So there's a purpose for this man's life, and that's what he felt standing next to the car. It wasn't about drinking. Now he doesn't drink anymore. Yeah. But it's about him living his life through Jesus. And that's the point of this book. And it, whether you're an alcoholic or you're like me, you put things off till tomorrow. You know, we all have our bad habits in life that prevent us from having a strong faith. Yeah, and that's what this book is. It helps each person enter the, the relationship with Jesus from their perspective. Right, man. That's so, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's a multi. 
it's a multi-dimensional book, and there may be chapters there, well, this is interesting, it doesn't apply to me, but there are things in the book that will definitely apply right. to people. And that's really, and the whole goal of the book is just to have people have a closer walk with God. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do there. I love it. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much. It is, even though I, I barely had time, I mean, I got to read some of it, and it's a real, in, in the best sense of the word, a, a real easy read. I mean that in a good way. Uh, you can thank just, you. yeah, just the different stories and insights are really strong and powerful. So the book is Your Faith Has Made You Well, A Radical New Way to Create Peace and Hope by Dr. Bruce L. Hartman. And uh, be sure to go onto social media and uh, make sure you can get get more inspiration uh, on a quality quality basis and podcast and everything that uh, Bruce and his team are offering. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it and really inspired by the, the work that God is doing through you and in you. So thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And God bless you and your ministry as well. Man, thanks a lot, Bruce. All right, God bless you. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. That was Bruce Hartman. That's awesome. Uh, and I'm Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. But I uh, really appreciate Bruce Hartman giving his time and, and just really, really good stuff. Therefore, since we have such a hope, Paul wrote Second 2 Corinthians 3.12, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.